All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome, welcome, everybody here at our Florence location. It's so good to have you guys in the house. Can we show some love and welcome all of our Faith Church family in Lawrenceburg? It's good to see you guys. And come on, can we give a shout out for our Shoals campus? Come on, a group of people sitting right there in Pastor Ryan's living room. Man, God bless you guys. Everybody else watching online, if you're Faith Church family and you're watching digitally or you're just checking us out, whoever you are, Wherever you're from, we want to say welcome, man. It's so good to have you here. Come on, we're in the building, not out of religious reasons. We're here because we believe that Jesus, come on, he's the hope of the world. So whoever you are, whatever you're going through, your issue, your hurt, your heartache, or your habit, if you'll open up your life to Jesus, come on, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. How many people know that's true? Come on, sh- come on, show God some love this morning. Well, before we get into the word today, just two real quick things. I want to remind you one, man, I want to encourage you to get on the faith love train This week, everybody can make a difference where you are. You'd be shocked. A word of kindness, a note to somebody, uh, buying somebody's coffee behind you, just small things, man, to share the love of Jesus. Putting a card on their hand makes a connection, not just with Faith Church. Ultimately, we want them to make a connection with Christ. So listen, everybody jump on that train. Love your community this week. Make a difference. Thank you in advance for what we get to do together as a church. We are called to serve, and that's what we're going to do. Amen? And one other thing, uh, man, we have with us some very special guests. Again, we are a church. Uh, man, we give about 22% of our budget every year to missions. We want to make sure, man, we're a church. We just don't keep it on the inside. But we fulfill what God's called us to do, and that's to take the gospel to the world. And we do that here locally. We do that nationally. We do it globally. But we can't do what we do without you and your generosity. But even more importantly, we can't do what we do without partners who are out there making a difference. And we have with us a special couple. They've been Kingdom Builder Partners for a long, long time here at Faith Church. They've been the number one destination of our missions teams over the last uh, eight or nine years or so. And that is Sean and Nancy Paul. They're right up here. Will you guys just stand, man? We would love to honor you, man. Missionaries in the nation of Honduras or home on leave, man. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the partnership. They're killing it, doing such a great, great job. Man, we're so proud of them, so thankful for them. Well, listen, it is the month of November, and so we're in a series. We started uh, actually several years ago. God laid this on my heart and just started a series entitled No Fear November, just capitalizing on the first two letters of the word November. Come on, which is the word what? No. And so we found out, man, that you should say no to fear. And we did a series in 2016, No Doubt November, that you shouldn't allow doubt and unbelief in your life. And just God's allowed this message series to continue to evolve. And uh, this, this year, I wasn't sure God was going to have me preach, but God gave me some new thoughts, some new things to share that I hope will encourage you. And here's why. Because I believe with all of my heart that saying yes and no to the right things at the right time in your life will move you in the direction you need to go. Some of you are saying yes to things that you need to say no to, and some of you are saying no to things you need to say yes to. And so we're going to focus on some of the things you need to say no to, not just in the month of November, but throughout your life. Last week, we talked about this idea of no fear of the future. The future is so uncertain. There's so many things we're not sure of, things we're concerned about. It creates a lot of fear and anxiety. And last week, we found out that you can learn to say no to a fear of the future. Throughout this series, we're going to look at dealing with a fear of commitment and a fear of failure. Today, I'm going to tackle a pretty big topic. I want to talk about rejection, saying no to rejection. And here's why, because rejection is real. Every one of us in this room, every one of you in Lawrenceburg, shows online, all of us have experienced rejection. How many people can think of a moment in your life where you experienced rejection? Wave your hand. I mean, it should be all of us. I feel rejected that some of you won't even raise your hands. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. 
a rejection is real. Let me just give you, I can tell you lots of stories, but I remember a very, a very keen time that I experienced rejection in my life. Rejection oftentimes revolves around relationships. And all the way back, I've, heard, I've talked about this in the past, but Pastor Mitch, who is our campus pastor in Lawrenceburg, him and I, we've been friends for our entire life. We became friends when I was 10 or 11 years old. So we have a history of 40 years together running and getting in trouble and finding Jesus together and serving the Lord together. It's wonderful how God redeems our lives and does great things. But all the way back, I think I was probably 13 or 14 years old. We were running around this summer, and this pretty young thing named Virginia moved into the neighborhood. Y'all see where this is going. And we as players all the way back in the day. And so um, I don't know what happened, but at some point, Virginia uh, started dating Pastor Mitch, whatever dating means when you're 13 or 14. I didn't really care at the time, but whatever, whatever. Eventually, she came around and she dropped the zero to get with the hero. You following me? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Pastor Mitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she broke up with him to date me, and I was like, okay. Well, she played me like a piano because she ended up breaking back up with me to go back out with him. And when that hurt, come on, how many people know that, that heartbreak, there's not a lot of rejection that hurts worse than the rejection relationship. And the night, the, the day she broke up with me, that, that night, I'll never forget it, sitting on the front porch back in the day with a boombox. Anybody, boombox generation, where are my people at? With a tape in it, with LL Cool J, I need love. Because when I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall and in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call telling me I need a girl that's as sweet as a dove. For the first time in my life, I see I need love. And you couldn't hit repeat. You had to rewind that junk. And man, I, I'm just telling you, like I was soothing my pain with some LL. But it was real because, right, lots of us in this room, even as, even as young adolescents, we remember the pain of hoping we would get the circle yes and we got the circle no. And it doesn't get easier when we get older. Some of you, the rejection you've experienced, you've been rejected in relationships as young adults, as adults. We experienced rejection in our careers. We either didn't get the job or we got the job and lost the job. We experienced rejection. We don't get the contract. We get experienced rejection in all kinds of social circles. We didn't get in the fraternity. We didn't get in the sorority. We got in. We got kicked out. Like, Rejection is real, and all of us feel it. All of us experience it. Divorce is a form of rejection. Racism is a form of rejection. And so the reality is you don't have to live very long. All the way back when I was 14 years old, I'd love to tell you that that was my first and only rejection, but I've been rejected lots of times since, and I hate to tell you, but my, my ride of rejection probably isn't over. Rejection is just something we go through. We get rejected by people close to us, people far away. We get rejected by culture, community. Rejection is real. Now, the challenge is, like, how do we navigate it? Because at the end of the day, since so many of us have experienced it, I would say it this way, we have all gotten the rejection infection. The rejection infection, the reason I call it an infection is because, like other infections, when you come into contact with rejection, it has symptoms. In fact, it has real physical symptoms, real emotional symptoms, real spiritual symptoms, if you let it. Talk about the physical symptoms of rejection. Did you know that scientists have found that the way, the area of your brain that processes physical pain is the very same place that it processes rejection? Which is why sometimes you experience heartbreak or rejection, like it, it, you can physically feel it. Actually, scientists have found that if you take a Tylenol after rejection, it actually limits some of the pain. Real talk. 
So there are these physical symptoms. When you, when you experience rejection, it's, it's physically painful. It's emotionally detrimental. When you go through rejection, it starts to do a real number on who we are. Like we start to question our self-value. We start to question our self-esteem. We, we wonder, are we good enough? Are we important enough? Are we valuable, valuable enough? Like it starts to mess with us emotionally. And probably the worst place of all that we're going to end this message with today is when it starts to jack with us spiritually. Because it's really hard as, as people of faith, when we go through rejection, not to somehow circle back and blame that on God. God. God let that happen. God caused that to happen. Or God, why aren't you doing something about it? I lost the love and lost the job, didn't get in, didn't make the connection because God, you must not care about me. And so what I want to tell you today is, obviously the rejection infection is real. How do we, how do we overcome it? Because some of the symptoms that you're wrestling with and I'm wrestling with or you have wrestled with and may wrestle with again Here's what you need to know. Listen, I want you to understand this, that while, while rejection is an event, it doesn't have to be an experience. While it might be something, I would love to tell you you're never going to experience rejection again, but that's just not true. So I'm not telling you you can say no to getting rejected. What I want to tell you today is you can say no to feeling rejected and allowing those moments and those events in your life to define your experience and tell you who you are. Come on, you can say no to rejection. On the count of three, everybody, one, two, three, no to rejection. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? Here's why it's important if you're taking notes. This is a key thought. Tolerating your past rejection twists your present anticipation. When you allow rejection in your past to define you, here's what naturally happens. Did you know God created you to be people of hope? That's what faith is. Like God wants you to have, as you go through life, to believe God for great things. God wants all of you, come on, Lawrenceburg, God wants you to believe that he has good plans for you. But what happens is when we experience rejection, we go through divorce, we lose the job, we don't get in, we don't make it, someone tells us no, is what happens, we start to lower the bar and think it's always going to be this way. Like I'm never going to have anything good, I'm never going to find somebody. And I'm just telling you the reason you need to say no is because God wants you to get your hope back up. God wants you to live in a place where you're believing God to do great things in and through and for your life. Let's go, somebody. So you got to say no to rejection. So again, man, how, how do we do it? Here's a key thought. This will set some of you free. Some of you need to write this down. Rejection for now isn't rejection forever. Come on, rejection for now isn't rejection forever. See, again, a lot of times we go through rejection and we feel like that's, now that's just who I'm going to be forever. Some of you got rejected by somebody you thought he was the right one, she was the right one, and she wouldn't, even, like, she wouldn't even call you back, he wouldn't even respond to your messages, or you got together and you broke up. And now some of you are in this room, or some of you in Lawrenceburg are in the Shoals, and your thought is, I'm just going to always be alone, because I got rejected once, I'm just going to live in rejection. Here's what you need to hear. All the way back in the beginning of creation, God looked at Adam, and he said this, it's not good for man to be alone, I'm going to make a helpmate for him. And while you got rejected, it doesn't mean you're always going to be rejected, you need to believe that God has somebody for you, and you don't have to live life alone. Some of you on the flip side, here's another thing God told Adam and Eve is to be fruitful and multiply. One of my favorite commandments. Come on. We like to live that one religiously in our household. But Shauna, Jesus said. <laughs> Come on, here's what God said. Be fruitful and multiply. Some of you, some of the real pain you have, some of your real experience of rejection is not being able to have a baby or trying to have a baby and lose a baby. Here's what I have found is that 
a lot of times women who go through those seasons, it's some of the toughest because not only are they not either not able to, to get pregnant or maintain that pregnancy, but it's weird. It almost seems like all the friends around them are the ones having kids. And then you start to question, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with God? Doesn't God love me enough? What's wrong with me? And here's what I want you to know is I'm not telling you that God's gonna make you pregnant even though I've seen God do miracles before and you need to get your hope up and believe God for miracles. I'm just telling you God can make a way for a child in your life just because the door is closed doesn't mean it's gonna remain closed. Come on, we gotta say no to rejection and get our hope and faith back up that God has great things for us regardless of the rejection in our past. So what I wanna do is as we navigate this conversation of rejection and some of the pain you have felt and experienced and some of the pain I have felt and I've, I've experienced is when you look at scripture, there's lots of people just like us that have experienced rejection, lots of places we can learn from and lean into. But there's no person in the pages of scripture that have experienced more pain and rejection than Jesus. So no matter what level of rejection you've experienced, I'm just telling you, Jesus experienced more. And so if Jesus, who is not just our savior, and he's not just our Lord, but he's our rabbi, which means he's our teacher, we learn to live life the way he lived it, if Jesus can experience rejection and not be defined by it, if Jesus can have the event of rejection without the experience of rejection, so can you. Jesus, did you know Jesus? Jesus was rejected by his community. He is rejected by his family. He's rejected by the religious leaders. He's rejected by his disciples. He's rejected by his heavenly father, and he's been rejected by you. So I'm just saying there's nobody that's been rejected more than him. So we're gonna lean into the life of Jesus and what my goal is today is some of you who have the weight of rejection, again, I'm not saying you won't ever experience rejection again, but some of you who are being defined or have been defined by the rejection in your past, my prayer is that God shows up in Lawrenceburg, shows up in the Shoals, shows up here, shows up online, and God sets you free and you walk out of this place a new person. Come on, I hope you was down for that. So I wanna read, we're gonna look at a couple places where Jesus experiences rejection. And I wanna just open up our hearts and allow God to speak to us today. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 to 57 says this. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? So they're amazed. They're listening, like, hey, that's Jesus. That's little Jesus. My daughter went to school with him. My son used to run around. That's Jesus. But they're listening to him teach, and they're watching him do miracles. And on one hand, they're amazed. Then watch, verse 55. But then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Rejection. Just to take it a little deeper, John 7, 5 makes it clear it wasn't just his culture and community, it was his own family. John 7, 5 says, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. So isn't this crazy? Some of you, like, you've been rejected by your family, and just let me say, that sometimes can be a good thing. You can't say amen, but I'll say amen for you. Amen. But come on, if anybody should have our back, if anybody should believe in us, if everybody should be watching our six, isn't it our family? And what is it like when some of you who've been rejected by your family, like they don't agree with your direction, they don't agree with your career, they don't agree with who you're dating, like and they just don't want anything to do. Like how do you manage that kind of rejection? Well, I love it because Jesus, he goes through it. Let me just say this. You say, well, how, could, how can 
how can those closest to Jesus reject him? Well, can I just say this? If you ever grew up in a home where you got compared to your siblings, can you imagine growing up in a home where like, why can't you be more like Jesus? I mean, that's just a tough act to follow right there. It's like, but mom, I'm in the gifted program, but you're not perfect like Jesus. So I don't know, maybe, I think maybe there was some resentment early on with the siblings of Jesus. Just FYI, his disciples did come around. In fact, James, who's mentioned here, one of the brothers of Jesus became the apostle over the church of Jerusalem. So later in life, they became very convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Savior of the world. But at least some point, here's what I want you to hear. At least some point, they rejected him because they couldn't see everything there was to see. They couldn't clearly see who Jesus was, and so they rejected Jesus on a surface level. And see, some of the rejection that some of you have gone through is because people don't really know who you are. And you think they've rejected the whole you, and they only rejected a small part of you. And some of you need to get back to this place where you don't allow people's rejection to define your value. If you're taking notes, watch this. Never believe that their rejection of you is an accurate valuation of you. Come on, they might look at you and say, like, no, they're not good enough. They don't look good enough. They don't whatever, whatever. But I want you to know something. Jesus got rejected, and we go through rejection too. And just because someone rejects you, listen, it's just because someone rejects you, that doesn't mean that's who you are. Here's a verse that'll mess with you. Jesus said this. Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. You know what he's saying? Now think about this. Think about Jesus. Come on, Lawrence Burr Show. Think about Jesus. Jesus was loving, gracious. He was perfect, which out-describes all of us. And Jesus is saying, if I am loving, gracious, perfect, merciful, if I'm the son of God and they rejected me, if they couldn't see my value, you better believe they're not going to see your value sometimes too. Which means, listen to me, if Jesus can go through it, don't be shocked when you go through it. But what we got to understand is we got to go through it the way Jesus went through it, which he didn't allow the understanding that his siblings had of him to define who he was. He knew he was the son of God. He knew he was the Messiah, and he refused to allow anybody else to put a different price tag on him. See, what I have found out is that people, listen to me, it's not that they don't, it's not that you don't have value. It's that people can't see value. Think about this. David almost missed He almost missed the cut of being the king. Why? Because his own brothers and his own father couldn't see the quality because they judged by the appearance. There's more to you than your looks. I know you wish you were taller or wish you were shorter. Some of you wish you had a little more muscle or a little less blubber. Come on. But your shape and your size and the number on that scale doesn't define who you are. You are more than that. You have a mission, you have a purpose, and you have a call on your life. Don't allow people to get you down to a number. Joseph, Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph was called to be the ruler, second in command in the nation of Egypt, and his own family couldn't see it as well, and they scoffed at him, and they rejected him, and sold him in slavery. Lo and behold, he eventually became the very person that God said he would become. His family rejected him because they couldn't see the value. Jesus' family rejected him because they couldn't see the value. Some of you have put a price tag on yourself because other people couldn't see your value. You need to stop getting your price tag from people and start getting your price tag from your savior who said you're worth enough that I'll lay my life down for you so there's a there's a tiktok tiktok is a hole for time you want to lose two or three days of your life get on tiktok but I get on tiktok time to time and uh, I don't follow anybody but you know it reads your algorithms and so things you watch it'll start sending you more of those videos and so There's a TikTok account, and I watch his videos when they pop up because I'm kind of amazed. Here's what this guy does. 
He's a, I think a secondhand seller is maybe the, the correct title. He will go into Salvation Armies or junk stores, stuff that's junk to the rest of us. Like, I'm come from the fa- like I come from the vein, if we've not used it in six months or a year, we're never going to use it, throw it away. Who's with me? All the rest of your pack rats. Like, but this guy, what he does is he goes in, and here's what's crazy is some of this junk has been sitting on the shelves for days, weeks, and months. And people walk by it and say, I'm not paying $2 for that. That's not worth $2. What this guy does is he has greater knowledge and insight into the market and the real value of these things, and he'll pick up things that really is marked down and nobody else wants, and he'll turn around and he will resell it on eBay and make a crazy killing. And some people will write in and say, you know, like this, like I just recently I saw him get, anybody remember the portable, uh, the portable CD Walkmans? I'm just going to let you hang in that reminiscence right there for a minute. There's like one for $2, and someone's like, oh, you, could, you can't resell that. And he had the thing where he bought it for $2 and flipped it for like $80. Here's my point is, here's a guy where thousands of people walk by this junk and don't see its value. It took the right person to walk by and say, no, this is the value. Some of you have had a lot of traffic run through your life, and they don't see your value, so they reject you because they don't see what's really there. And you think because they don't think it's really there, now you're convinced it's not really there. Stop being talked into it. If Jesus was the Messiah and refused to be talked out of it, you are a child of God you're anointed by the king you belong to him and you got a purpose stop allowing them to not see the value that you surely have then watch this jesus wasn't just rejected by his family jesus was rejected by the religious people of the day so the religious people of the day were like the priests the pastors so this is important throughout the old testament god keeps promising hey i'm going to send the messiah the world's broken that's not a shocker there's evil in this world. What's the solution? Heads up, you're not the solution. Newsflash, you can't fix you. And so God knew we couldn't fix ourselves, so it was always the plan of our Father to send a Savior. And there's all these pictures, there's all these types in the Old Testament. That's what the sacrificial system was for. It was a picture that there was going to be an ultimate sacrifice, a final sacrifice. And there wasn't just promises, there were prophecies prophecies about who he was where he would be born what he would do and lo and behold jesus is born 1500 years later and he starts fulfilling the prophecies newsflash jesus fulfilled over 325 prophecies that are spoken of in the old testament and so when he showed up part of the job of the religious leaders was to recognize the coming messiah and so jesus is born he's on the scene he's teaching he's doing miracles And they reject him. Basically, they say, you're not the Messiah. And I know what you're thinking. If it was their job to recognize the Messiah, why didn't they recognize him? If it was their job to scope him out and see if it was him, why did they say it wasn't him? Maybe it wasn't him. Well, first of all, I just believe this. I believe one of the reasons they rejected Jesus is because they were jealous. Because Jesus started getting all the news play when he showed up. And the reason some of you are getting rejected isn't your problem, it's their problem. I have found out that broken people have a point of trying to place their rejection that they're experiencing on me. Come on, you've got to refuse to accept it. Sometimes they got jealousy issues, you don't have issues. Come on, some of you just need to tuck that away and put that there for later. Be like, I ain't, I ain't taking that, that's you, not me. But I don't think that's really it. At the end of the day, one of the reasons the religious leaders of the day rejected Jesus is because they were awaiting a military messiah. They were hoping that somebody would come along. And at this time that the New Testament takes place, the time that Jesus was born and his ministry happened, 
What happened was they were underneath Roman occupation. They were servants to the Roman Empire. They paid tax to the Roman Empire. And what they were waiting for is that this military Messiah would come in and wipe out the Roman Empire and set free the nation of Israel. And so when Jesus showed up, he wasn't a military warrior. He didn't ride in on the week of triumph, his triumphal entry. He didn't ride in on a war horse. He rode in on a humble colt. It was his way of saying, I'm bringing an empire on servanthood. I'm bringing an empire on grace, not war. And they didn't like it, and so they rejected him. Now, here's why I say that is because think about this. At one point in Jesus' ministry, the crowds are screaming his name. Jesus, son of David. And now they're screaming for him to be crucified. See, the, the challenge a lot of us go through when we start experiencing rejection is all of a sudden we want to start compromising who we are to, so other people don't reject us. We start to try to like fit in and change who we are. We try to start breaking the mold of who we are. We start compromising our values because one of the things that we hate to feel the most is rejection. And so if I'll be who you want me to be, you won't reject me. So we start compromising our character to make other people happy. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know what I came to do. And I'm not going to allow your rejection of me to change who I am. I'm gonna, I'm ha come on, I'm going to be me, baby. And some of you need to get that mindset, I'm just going to be me. If you're taking notes, watch this. Never allow the rejection of who you are to become the accommodation for who they want you to be. If they've rejected you and they don't like who you are and they don't like, listen to me, stop accommodating your character to make them happy. Let me just dig deep here. If you're in this room and you ain't married and you're dating somebody or about to date somebody and they're trying to compromise your character to get you to sleep with them and you've determined you're going to wait until you're married but you're afraid to be alone, let them walk. God has somebody for you who's going to honor the call and gift on your life. If you're in a place of business and they've told you the only way to really get ahead and the only way to make it in this market is you got to cheat and fudge a little bit, find a new job. God will bless you honoring him instead of trying to honor a busted, corrupt system. Don't compromise who you are. You say, Pastor, I might lose the job. But Pastor, I might lose the person. I might live life. I'm telling you, we have to trust God in the promise he has on our life to fulfill us rather than this world's ability to reject us. And some of you in this room, you have felt the weight of rejection in your life. And my heart and my hope is today, my goal and my mission is to break that weight off you and to believe that you are who God said you are. God will do what he said he's going to do if you'll trust him in the seasons that don't make sense. Everybody say no. One, two, three. No to rejection. You're going to experience it, and so am I, but we can handle it in a good path. It's better to compromise people's expectations and honor God than to compromise God's expectations and disappoint people. That's just a fact. I, I, I found this, and, and I understand the weight of it, you know, it's funny, there's sometimes on a Sunday, you know, I'll preach a message, or we'll have a good service, and, and I'll get all kinds of comments, and, and so many of you are so gracious. Pastor, it was such a good word, that helped me, that ministered me, here's what God did in the message, or here's what God did in the service. But here's what's funny, is I'll get 47 good messages, and I'll get one message of some knucklehead. And I'm just, I'm just like you, like, it's, it's, it's natural to me, it's natural to fall underneath that weight of rejection, the rejection infection, and start processing that one person rejecting me rather than 47 people celebrating. And I have just determined, and this is something that lives in my head, is I do what I do, I do what I do for an audience of one. Right. See, because if I bend to your approval, then I also have to bend to your disapproval. 
But if I don't do what I do, whether you like it or reject it, it doesn't matter. I do what I do. I preach the message I preach. I pastor the way I pastor. I lead the way I lead. Not for anybody's approval in this room. I'm thankful for it, but whether I get it or not, when I lay my head down at night, I want to say, God, that I do what honored you, because if I did what honored you, you're going to honor me. Come on, somebody. That's just how you have to live. But the rejection infection, man, when you, when you receive that rejection, when it's not an event, when it's an experience, and, man, you start to bring in that heavy emotional stuff, you start to question your value, you start to compromise your character, it's all rejection speaking. And here's the cool thing, and here's where we're going to go for this last part. Jesus, and this seems crazy, Jesus was rejected by his heavenly Father. And you would think God always has your back. Out of his culture, community, family, disciples, all the people who rejected him, did you know Jesus was rejected? by his heavenly father, by our heavenly father. It happened when Jesus was hanging on the cross, and this is really, really important. Here's Jesus at the end of his ministry. He's hanging on the cross, and then this happens. Watch this. In Matthew, it says this. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice. These next words are Aramaic. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, here's Jesus, and he's done everything he was supposed to do he's lived his life he's fulfilled his mission he's preached the message and here he is hanging on the cross and he is forsaken he is rejected he is stiff-armed by our heavenly father why this is so important you hear this the reason jesus was rejected by our heavenly father is because jesus carried our sin we serve a holy god who cannot tolerate sin in his presence and because we are sinners and we have sin that's why we were separated from god but jesus carried our sin so we could carry his righteousness that's why he was rejected so we could be accepted come on somebody if you're taking notes christ's rejection empowered our connection we were disconnected but because of the love of Jesus, we are reconnected with our Heavenly Father. Come on, somebody. That's awesome. Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus went through what he went through so you and I can go through what we get to go through. And that's a relationship with the God who will never give up on you, who will never turn away from you, who will never back off from you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Come on, somebody. I don't care if this entire world rejects you. Your Heavenly Father will never reject you. Watch this. Here's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, once. Everybody say once. Anybody remember what it was like before you were saved? I didn't know how messed up I was, so I found out how messed up I was. Once, I was far away from God. I was stiff-armed by the Savior. But now, you and I, all of us together, Florence and Lawrenceburg, Shoals, everybody online, we have now been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Jesus was rejected so all of us could be accepted. And if the rest of this world spends the rest of my life rejecting me, I will never forget that I am ultimately accepted by the only person that really matters, the only person who understands my call and the only person who can accurately decide what my value is. I'm accepted in Christ. Come on, is anybody else thankful for that? So a couple more thoughts. I'm gonna read one more section of scripture. But here's what I want you to know today is all of us have been rejected. All of us watching this, and it's not the last time it's going to happen. And when it happens, you can decide with some of the things I'm trying to, to empower you with, you can decide how you're going to navigate the rejection infection. If you're just going to live with those symptoms, that's up to you, or you can live free. But I want you to hear this. Next time, the guy, the girl, the job, the career, the social network, the next time it happens, the next time you're rejected, your rejection should never speak louder than your connection. 
Your rejection should never speak louder than your connection. Your rejection from people should never speak louder than your connection with Christ. But, I'm, but God loves me. And if you find out that you're in a relationship with God, here's what you need to know. Man, God has a plan to get the right people in your life. The right person. And then it, I'm telling you, the people, we all know this. All of us that are post high school by, by a long shot, all the people you tried to please and get to like you and you did stuff to, so they, they don't even know your name anymore. They don't even care about you anymore. And we work so hard to not be rejected by them. And the only people that matter now are the people that are close. And the only person that ultimately matters is Christ. And it's Christ's rejection that empowers our connection. Here's the way the Apostle Paul ends it, and I want us to read this together, and I'll close. Every, ver every, uh, every voice, Lawrenceburg, Shoals, here in Florence, Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and verse 39. If you feel rejected, if you think you're rejected, I want you to hear what Paul says about all of us. He says, and I am convinced, come on, every voice, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, somebody. So here's what I want you to hear today. We are not rejected people looking for acceptance. We're accepted people dealing with rejection. And that's just a different way to think. If you think you're rejected, trying to find the right people to accept you, that's not who God says you are. You are accepted people struggling with rejection. And I want to pray for all of us in this room, all of us in Lawrenceburg. If you're here and you just be honest enough to say like, hey, I, I feel some weight of rejection. Maybe it's something that happened a while ago, but I know it's a funny phrase that culture's hijacked, but you really got some daddy issues because mom wasn't there, dad wasn't there to love you. And somehow in the back of your mind, in the back of your life, you're always trying to compensate for that. Or maybe you were engaged and they broke it off. Or maybe you broke it off. I, let me just say this about rejection. Sometimes God will use other people's rejection to get you in the right place. If I'd have stuck with the Virginia, I'd have never got to the Shauna. Let's go. That's fact. But if you're feeling the weight of rejection, you say, Pastor Steve, I just want some prayer today. All over this room and all over Lawrenceburg and Shoals, I want you to just lift a hand. You just can feel some rejection in your life. Maybe it's old, maybe it's new. Come on, lift a hand real high and just say, Lord, just help me today. Father, I pray over all of our campuses. God, I pray as a people, a lot of us feel the weight and we have been defined by that rejection. But I pray in Jesus' name, that because of your grace and because of your power, that we'll begin to process that pain in a whole different way. I pray that, God, we would hear your word, that, God, again, we are not rejected people looking for acceptance. We already have acceptance. Lord, I pray, give us the grace to deal with rejection. I pray, Father God, those who have felt the weight of it the most, Lord, I pray, break the power and the spirit of rejection off their life. I pray, God, you'll set them free today. Set them free of old boyfriends and old girlfriends and old social circles and old networks and old jobs and old career paths. I pray that, God, we will know our value. We will walk in our purpose. God, we will not compromise our character to honor rejection. Father, I pray, God, help us to know who we are in Jesus. And, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Just one more thing. 
If you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, that's the only place you'll ever find forever acceptance is in God. And so if you've never given your life to Jesus or you were serving God and you walked away, all you gotta say is, God, forgive me. However you pray that, however you phrase that, he'll know your heart and he will. He'll meet you right where you are. And so I'm gonna lead in a really simple prayer. If you wanna give your life to Jesus today at any of our campuses, you wanna say yes to God's grace and we all need it. All you gotta do is ask him. And so I'm gonna pray a prayer. You can follow mine or you can ask me in your own. And in this moment, you can be forgiven and you can find forever acceptance in a savior who loves you. Say this together with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner. I ask you today to forgive me. I believe that you carried my rejection, my sin, my shame, and my guilt on the cross of Calvary so I could carry grace and righteousness and forgiveness. Help me today to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees that amen.